Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello and welcome to Better Living, a show about the people and organizations that make an impact in our area. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi. Two groups on today's show. In the second half of the program, Sherrod Ellis with Next Level Focus Mentoring joins me to talk about his work empowering local kids with the power of a growth mindset. We start off with Verna Jones. She's the executive director of Under One Roof. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Nick. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you coming in today. All right, so Aliyah Henry mentioned this organization to me. We set this up a long time ago. Yes. You're here, even though you're very busy today. Uh, it, it's great to meet you. Thank Talk you. to me about this organization and what you guys do. Under One Roof, we provide housing to the homeless in Dallas County. I am one of the founders of Under One Roof. We started the agency in 2011. We saw that they, there was a, a continued need in the community, so we decided to start an organization to help the homeless in Dallas County. You've been working with the homeless in Dallas County specifically for a long time, well over a decade, I believe, yes, correct? Yes, uh, almost 20 years. Almost 20 almost years. Almost 20 years, What yeah. got you started in this area? I did my internship. I'm a social worker back in uh, 2000 at Housing Crisis Center and just fell in love with the population and wanted to make a difference. Was there a reason why you wanted to devote your career to the homeless? It really wasn't. It's just something that just kind of fell on me, and I thought, this is the population that needs me. Are you from Dallas? I am from Paris, Texas. You're from Paris. Yes. Okay. So you came to Dallas, and you kind of fell into this. Yes. You are a master. You have a master's, master's in social work? Master's degree in social work, yes. Okay. Yes. I, I feel like everybody that I talk to that has a master's, they always kind of, like, downplay it. Yeah. It's a pretty big deal. It's, it's, it's a big deal. It yes, is a big yes, deal. to be a social worker, yes. Absolutely. So you have been working with this community for a long time, and yes. you've worked with a couple of different organizations, I believe, that are dedicated yes, to this. Yes, absolutely. I worked for um, Housing Crisis Center for 11 years. I worked for a New Beginning Center, Hope's Door, for the last 16 years for uh, men who battered their wives. So. I've done quite a bit over the years. You've done quite a bit. Now, those are great organizations yes. that do a lot of really good work. Yes. But you decided to go it on your own with a partner. Yes. You have a partner yes. who yes. is a lawyer, I believe. Yes, Vanessa Owsley. You said, and you've already said, that you felt that there were things that needed to be done differently, yes. and yes. that's why you found it yes. under one roof. Yes. What was it that you saw that needed to be addressed? Definitely showing the compassion uh, for the less fortunate. We saw that we needed to start this agency to just make a continued difference for women and children in our community. Is compassion something that you felt really was lacking? I feel like a lot of these organizations, it yes. is kind of built around that. Does that get lost in the everyday? I, I think it does. And as social workers, we want to make sure that we have empathy for for the clients that are out there that need our services because by his grace and mercy, it could be any of us. 
I think a lot of people underestimate that. Yes. And they don't think about it. On your website, which is under oneroofdallas.org, yes. I saw that you guys focus on two trends that yes. contribute to this. It's a growing shortage of affordable rental housing yes, yes. and then a simultaneous increase in poverty. I thought the yes. way that that whole sentence was yes, structured to yes, be very yes. interesting and enlightening. Talk to me about those two factors. You know, a lot of times, you know, clients right now, we, we call them the working poor. They barely make enough to pay rent. And if if you have a family and you need like a three bedroom, but you can only afford a one bedroom and, you know, you can't get a voucher because the shortage right now in Section 8 vouchers, it's very hard to obtain right now. And, you know, for the clients that we serve and that comes to Under One Roof, it's it's very hard for them. You know, can you just imagine, Nick, you know, you have three or four kids and you're stuck in a one bedroom and you're having to make the living room a bedroom and the dining room a bedroom just to make ends meet for your family. Uh, a lot of the high rises are coming up right now and it's hard to find a two bedroom or a three bedroom that's affordable. They're running like fifteen and sixteen hundred dollars. Some of them it's eight eighteen hundred dollars. And that's very hard if you're only making ten or twelve dollars an hour. Your organization seems to uh, really focus on the working poor, and you yes. also on the yes. website make a different or make a differentiation between what people think of being homeless, yes. which yes. is a yes. single male, yes. possible mental illness, yes. something like that, versus families that do have jobs but right. they just don't pay enough, right. and they're in the situations that you're and talking you know, about. Absolutely, you know, back in 2011, we saw that the face of homelessness took a major shift. And we wanted to make sure that Under One Roof saw that to see what we can do to assist them. What was it about 2011 that, that made that shift? I, I'm not sure. It just seemed like the, the shift was made to where you didn't see more so, you know, men on the street. You saw entire families on the street. Had you seen that before? No, I had Really? Not, no. So we're talking decades and decades yes, of experience. Yes, and yes. around 2011, you saw shift. something yes. brand new. Yes, absolutely. Do you think it had to do with maybe the housing crisis in 08, that kind of thing, I, where people I, displaced after that? I, I really do. And, you know, the shortage of Section 8 vouchers, public housing, that played a difference in it also. If I had a ton of money, I feel like I could make a ton of money if I produced nice, clean, yeah. affordable homes. Yes. Yes. Are you seeing people jumping into that market? Because as a person who lives in Dallas, yes. I see a lot of high rises yeah. and I, I see, see a lot of cranes yes. Yes. and I see a lot of people that are going to have yes. $4,000 a month, exactly. 42nd story yes. apartments, and that doesn't make any sense to me at all. It doesn't make any sense. A lot of the garden-style apartments, you really don't see those apartments coming up anymore. Um, and if they're coming up, you know, they're it's really, really pricey. Or the landlords are not really putting any money in it to even upgrade it. That's the sad part about it. But they want more money. Don't you see that there is a big financial opportunity for somebody that oh, wants absolutely. to take that on? Yes. I don't get that's the one yes. thing that I don't yes. get. We can talk about the homeless issues and stuff and the social factors and all of that. I think that you can always convince people with a good paycheck. And I just don't understand why developers or people aren't jumping on this middle class yes. housing. And then you can see the consistency of someone coming and staying and making a house a home. Versus coming and staying one year and leaving, and then you're having to turn that apart that apartment over yet again. Another big idea that you guys work on it seems to be the idea of permanent, yes. permanent yes. support. Yes. Why is the word permanent 
used so often for you guys? Because we want a person to receive their voucher and knowing that they can have that voucher as long as they need that voucher. They can take that voucher from a per permanent supportive housing project-based apartment, or they can take it to anywhere. We just had about maybe 15 clients to leave one property to be able to mainstream what I call into society, get a nice home, you know, pay a little bit more rent, but still have that subsidy to have a sense of belongingness. How many people are you working with? As we mentioned, you started in 2011. 2011. And some of the numbers that I saw on the website, over 400 households. It's more now. We've we've housed over 575 households since 2011. How many people is that? Oh, my goodness, Nick. You're probably looking at about 950 children, probably about, probably about 575 individuals and families, just that person like head of household, and then you have all those children. How does that feel to you as a person that has um, started this organization? It it makes me feel amazing, and I can sleep at night. And in, in addition to that, you know, we do prevention services. We do rent utilities uh, for anyone in Dallas County. So, for example, if someone loses their jobs or if their partner passed away or, you know, they just fell on some hard times, we can step in and pay their rent or their mortgage or their light bill one time with FEMA funds. I have understood this over the course of many interviews and many organizations that do similar work to yours, that there is a lot of money floating around out there. Yes, the biggest yes. problem is that most people don't know how to grab it right. and use it. Yes. It looks like that is what Under One Roof kind of specializes in yes. and where your partner, yes. who is a lawyer, yes. really comes yes. in. Is that true? Yes, absolutely. We try to make sure that we meet the need. You know, we think of our continuum of services of what is it that we need to make sure that these clients are receiving. We started out with a transitional housing program of five units. We saw that we needed more. We partnered with Dallas Housing Authority and Integrity Asset Management to say, okay, what is the major need here in the community? And we began permanent supportive housing. Well, once we got off into that, Nick, we saw, hey, there's other people in this community that needs us too. So we wrote a grant, you know, Community of Greater Dallas, and says, okay, this is what we can continue to do in the community. And we received FEMA funds. Last year, we dispersed almost $50,000 worth of FEMA funds just to pay rent and utilities for folks in Dallas County. Has that been done before, or is that a new way to use FEMA support? It's been done before. We've been getting those funds since um, 2014. We started out with a small amount, and it's been increasing over the years. Would a normal person find it shocking how you can get these funds and how you can use them? I feel like a lot of people don't even know that programs right. like this exist. Right, right, You're right. in the industry. You know it better yes, than anybody, yes, yes, but yes, yes. I didn't know about right, a lot of this right, stuff. Right, right, It's just really word of mouth. A clients do talk. Uh, someone can call 211. And they can provide them with three referrals, and most of the time, under one roof is one of those referrals. Is that how a lot of people come to you yes. through two one one? Yes. Really? Yes. Has that always been the case, or is that always something been new? The case. Yes, two one one has been around probably as long as I can remember. And that's how they find you guys. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about how a family starts with the organization. Okay. A family comes to you through two one one. How do things start? What because we're talking a lot about a bunch of different things. Right, let's right, talk right, about. Right. Specifically for, what the organization does. For the, um, and I can kind of go down the fact sheet a little bit. For the rent and utility assistance, they call our office and they let us know that they cannot pay their rent. We schedule them an appointment. They come over, talk with one of the case managers. And then we, if we deem that they're appropriate for our services, we write the check. 
We try not to pay 100%, but we will. Uh, it all depends on what the circumstances is. And we cut the check normally the same day or the next day. That's the great part about a small nonprofit. We don't have to wait, you know, all the bureaucrats and red tapes to sign off on everything. Was we that just... something that you were also trying to get away from? Yes, absolutely. Trying to make sure that we meet the need quickly because the longer we hold that check, the client is accruing different fees from the apartment complex or their landlord. And we want to stop the fees quickly for them. And for our permanent supportive housing program, we take only clients that are from the shelter. So, for example, if they're coming from um, shared housing or a family gateway, if they call us and if we have space available, we definitely try and house them quick as we can. Is it important? I'm not even sure if you do this. You said that you started off with maybe five, a complex of five. Is it important to have everybody in one complex, or are they spaced out? Is there is there two, anything to that? With, well, two of our housing programs, one of them um, is scattered sites, so they're throughout Dallas County, and one of them is a site base. The difference with the site base, at the time when we started the agency, we saw that best practices showed that the agency staff should be on site. So that was our... That was our thought process behind that. Since then, within the last two years, we've moved our office to 67 in Hampton. And we're not on site, but we're close enough to the property to where if there is fire, flood, or blood, we can get there very quickly. (laughs) What made it so important for you guys to be there? Was it adding that sense of permanence? Was it being kind of a rock for people? It, It was. It was. And it was a sense of belongingness. As if, you know, if under one roof would put their office at this property, it must be somewhat safe. Um, and it made the clients feel good that we were there, too. Is that something that you want to see more of, or is it okay to have people scattered? Uh, that's what I would like to see more of. It's a sense of belongingness for the clients. And you think it, it so it develops a sense of community for it them? Does, it does, it does. And that is important? Major importance. As a social worker, you look at stuff like that and you want to make sure that you're meeting the needs of the clients. For example, say the kids got off the bus for camp and all the parents were not home. Well, then maybe your neighbor is home and your neighbor could watch your child. Or you may need to use, you know, a vacuum cleaner or something. You can go knock on your neighbor's door and say, hey, can I use your vacuum? So, or can you watch my kids while I go up the street? Or it's just, you know, sort of like a border system a little bit just to have that community base. Is this a new concept to the people and families that you're working with, or did they lose that at some point? Um, I don't think it's a new concept. That concept, you know, we developed back in 2008, I think, and we just saw the need to continue it on. And when I started Under One Roof, I made sure that I brought those types of things to Under One Roof. So those are what you consider to be the keys to this kind of work. Is there some self-sufficiency? Self-sufficiency. Is that... Across the board, are there certain areas that are important? How do you make somebody self-sufficient, especially when they have other people that are depending on them, like kids? I think the main thing with self-sufficiency is just showing up. Uh, A lot of folks don't know how to show up. Showing up is more than just walking through the door. Showing up is believing in yourself and knowing, okay, I want to get a degree. How do I get a degree? Well, first of all, I need to get a GED, and then I can go to the community college. Then I can complete that. It's just starting something and finishing and um, having a service plan because everyone needs a roadmap. I need to know where I'm going. You need to know where you're going. We need to know how we're going to get there together. Service plan, is that something that the organization develops for the families that come in? Yes, for all the families, uh, a service plan is in their file. And, you know, Under One Roof is a small organization. We 
you know, although we're small, we do a lot in the community and we have a partnership with the various universities, uh, UTA of Arlington Social Work Department and Texas A&M in Commerce and University of Arizona. So Under One Roof utilizes their master's and bachelor's level social workers to do the job at Under One Roof. It seems like the strength of the organization is exploiting everything yes. around Absolutely. you, using yes. what is already available, using Absolutely. the colleges, yes. using these programs, using your experience. Yes. Is that what separates this organization? That's what separates. That's the big secret in town, and we do it well. Are people starting to catch on? I think so. But, you know, when you invent the well, and we did invent that well, that model, and, you know, right now, this semester alone, we have 13 social work interns that are working in under one roof this semester. So we're, you know, giving them the experience that they need to where they can be effective social workers for years to come. Vernon Jones is the executive director of Under One Roof. You can find them online at underoneroofdallas.org or give them a call at 214-343-4000. You've mentioned a couple of times that this is a small organization. It is. You keep mentioning that. How large are you guys or how small? Are you guys right now? We have um, three full-time paid staff, including you. I'm guessing, including me. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And you know, we have 13 social work interns that work in Under One Roof as well, and we continue to grow. You're helping out a lot of people with yeah. a staff that 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 is that small. Yeah. Are you happy with the way? I like to ask this question a lot because it's important to figure out what you guys are doing. But also, I'm interested in just talking to leaders in the way that people right. are running their organizations. Mm-hmm. Are you happy with the way things are running? Does it need to get bigger? Are you afraid of that growth? I am not afraid of that growth. Uh, keep in mind, uh, we've grown over the years. Uh, this is the first year that we've a- I've been able to hire two full-time case managers, uh, a director of case management services, and a you know a full-time case manager. First time this year. So we have grown over the years. I'm totally blessed with the growth over the years. So I'm okay with it. What accounts for that growth? You said it was relatively recent that you were able to do all these mm-hmm. things. What mm-hmm. made the jump? We just, just different contracts that we've been blessed with, uh, different things that we've just decided to step out of the box and do. We provide professional case management services to other organizations that need our assistance. So that was something different this year. So we're just trying to step out of the box and watch the growth. You're using other organizations that provide services to help your clients, but now you're kind of in the business of shopping your services out. What services are you providing? We're providing professional case management services. I have a major case management team, and our agency is able to provide those services, say, to apartment communities. So what do you explain that process? I'm not familiar with how that works, though. Okay. Case management services. An, An organization could contact Under One Roof to provide services to their clients. Intensive case management. We will meet with them once a month, face-to-face, as well as do home visits for your clients at a fee. So they already have a place to live. Yes. Basically, you're working with organizations that have already removed one of the things that you provide. So it's probably easier to provide what you're giving? It's very easy. It's definitely a collaboration at the top level. You work on very specific care. It's individual care for yes, the families because yes, that's what yes. it requires. But it right. sounds like you have a system. We do. Down. So how you're so confident. Thank you. Like it makes me really calm yeah, looking at you like yeah. I've got this. Like it's yeah. fine. I've got it. Yeah. 
It's something that, you know, we just kind of thought out of the box. We've been doing it for years, Nick, and we decided that, you know what, we can offer this service to the community because we, with the social work interns, they provide major service to the agency and to have now a lead, you know, to step up and continue to train them and show them how to use different databases to get the job done. Where do you get the guts to do that? You're talking about really using new techniques but you've been developing this stuff for a yes, long time. Yes, yes, yes. So where did that faith come from to make that leap and say, I'm starting a new organization. I'm going to try these new tactics because I know they'll work. You're in the position now to to say, hey, yes. I was right. Yes. But yes, yes. that's a huge jump. You know, jump. back in 2011, I was trying to figure out where my next step was going to be. I had worked for an agency for 11 years and got laid off in about six months, it was just hard to get the job that really could utilize my expertise because I led from the middle very well. I was not sitting in my office saying, I'm going to start a nonprofit one day. But, you know, through prayer, it just kind of came out of the blue one day. You know, I was sitting over at Cheddar's having lunch with a, with a couple of ladies, and they made me a job offer, and my counter was a nonprofit, and they told me that they would support me if that was something that I wanted to do. And took me a few days and I decided, hey, you know, I, I might want to do this. And I did. Got the 501c3 back in 20 days and the rest is history. You did in 20. I thought the process was a lot longer than that. Got it in 20 days. Yeah. So I think that that kind of shows what type yeah. of organization it is yeah. where you, you're really on the idea of returns yes. and quick yes. Yes, returns. Yes. You probably developed a 5013c faster than anybody I've was, ever was, heard of. It was quick. Yeah. And you're talking about giving people cash for the things yeah, that they need yeah. sometimes same day yeah, yeah same was day. that always did you know that that was going to be how you were going to be, be successful you know, working at another nonprofit and working all through the facet of that organization taught me what i needed to do and it really was a dress-up room to where when i started under one roof i just kept sitting back thinking okay how can i do this how can i pull this off and those were the conversations that I was having with myself as I was driving down the freeway and things were popping in my head. So, you know, social work interns entertain that. And I did. And that entertained paid off. You said the term in your previous job, you led from the middle. Yes. Now, a lot of times that does it to me. It seems like it's, you know, career wise, not a good thing. Mm -hmm. But it looks like you've carried that over to yes. this organization yes. because when you look at what you do for the organization as executive director, it's just about everything from working with clients yes. Yes. to implementation of plans yes. to starting new programs. Is leading from the middle something that you continue to do? With, even though you're the executive director of this organization, yes. are you still doing that? Yes. Yes. Why is that important? Because you have to definitely understand the plight of everyone. You have to understand the plight of an intern student. You have to understand the plight of your case manager as well as your clients. You have to understand it because if you don't, that empathy and compassion does not come forth. So to have the empathy and compassion to the class of under one roof, I can say that been there, done that, and I'm able to understand a single mom or understand what it is to get through graduate school and having to work full time and take her family. So I understand their plight and that's why I do what I do. How important is the idea of being empathetic? Major. 
major because someone wants to feel warm and inviting when they come into our office and under one roof. And I tell my team, if you can't, you got to pull it from somewhere. If you can't, then we have a problem. Clients need to feel as though that you're not judging them because they're sitting in front of you. Because again, by his grace and mercy, it could be any of us. How hard is it to impart that to staff? A lot of times when I have these conversations with people, it's only talking about clients. They don't talk about the coaching of staff. That never comes up. You've mentioned it a few times. You know, when... I have supervision with my team every Wednesday. Even today, before I got here, I had an emergency conference call with them because they have to make sure that they understand. And as a social worker, you have to pull it from somewhere. If you don't, you need to rethink why you're being a social worker. When you have these meetings and you're coming down on people, is it about, do you focus on the professional aspects or the emotional aspects? You're Because you're talking about both. Both, both. They play hand in hand. You have to pull it from somewhere. People have to know that empathy and compassion exists within yourself. A lot of times I feel like people in your sector get burnt out. They do. They do. How do you not do that? Well, I give my team every Friday off. So uh, <laughs> Three day weekends? <laughs> yeah, they get Friday off every Friday. And uh, some of them do work on Saturdays, but no one works on Fridays with me. And, um, and it's worked out over the years to do it that way. When did that idea pop up? Uh, probably when I was um, a director of a program and housing crisis center, and our boss was a social worker, and she gave us every other Friday off, and it really helped with morale. So even though you've been unhappy with the way a lot of these organizations are run, you've still had people that you oh, yes. worked with that were yeah. pretty great. Yeah. Do yeah. you have people that you looked up to and that you have implemented these strategies from? Yes, yes. My former boss, Yvonne Butler, she was amazing. She taught me so very much. I stand on her shoulders. She is on my board today. Um, Those are the folks that pour into me, and that's why it's easy for me to pour into others. At this stage in your career, are you more focused on clients or employees? Because I could see you getting a lot more done by doing the things that you're talking about paying attention to staff, taking care of your staff, yes. really being hard on them and training yes, them. Yes, yes. Re- re- really both. I try not to be too much with the clients. I try to focus more on the day-to-day operations of the agency and the team that that's supporting me because, you know, I make them look good. They make me look good. And that's what's important to me. But I can do case management. I can do a home visit. I have no problem with it at all. That's why I'm a social worker. What's coming up for Under One Roof? Where do you do you guys have a plan for what's next? Are you just going to keep focusing on what you're doing? We, we're, we're keeping focusing on that. You know, we would love to have a shelter one day. That's uh, my deepest dream. Do you want to go big want. with that? I want to have a small shelter to house uh, women and children, maybe a house big enough to house maybe 15 families at one time. That's something that I would want to do. Uh, And I would like to name that house Ashley's Place. I had a case manager to pass away at the beginning of the year. So I would like to name it in honor of her, Um, you know, and to continue to let the agency grow. You know, we have our major event uh, in September to raise funds. We have one every year, Stepping Out of Homelessness. So mark your calendars. It's um, September 28th at the Doubletree Hotel. If anybody wants tickets, please visit our website, www.underoneroofdollars.org. If you want sponsorship, please reach out to me. All that information is on our website under the event tab. 
There's a lot in a name. Where did the name Under One Roof come from? Under One Roof, you know, back at Cheddar's, uh, myself <laughs> and two of the ladies, we were sitting there. We were like, what will we name it? And someone says, name it Under One Roof. Th- there's not one in Dallas. And we kind of played with it a little bit. And we decided to put the number one there and say everything a person would want to be self-sufficient is Under One Roof. What are you looking for right now? Do you need volunteers? Are you looking for more social workers? We need volunteers to help us with different events. We'll have a fun in the sun for all the kids this summer. Are we looking for, you know, volunteers or churches or anyone in the community that want to have a day out for some of our kids? We have kids up in Frisco now, the McKinney, the Little Elm area. So if someone wants to, you know, sponsor a night out for the kids, a movie night, skate night, bowling night, Definitely, you know, contact us so we can make that happen. Is summer a real busy time for y'all? Summer is major. You know, we partnership with uh, Rainbow Days and Hope Supply in order to um, have summer camps for the kids. So it's really busy. And, and, you know, the moms have to work, and we don't want the kids staying at home by themselves. So we try to do different things to keep them busy. It's fantastic. Thank you. Organization. All right, one last time, that event, it's happening September 28th. It's a luncheon over at the Doubletree on Carruth Haven. It is called Stepping Out of Homelessness. Starts at 1130. Details on the website, underoneroofdallas.org. That is a numerical one in that address. Or you can give them a call for more details at 214-343-4000. I've been speaking with Vernon Jones. He is the executive director of Under One Roof. It was great speaking with you, and I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.